spirit and carry on up there. And until one day, the Lord said to me, you're looking at the things wrong here. And I'm like, come on, God, give me a break. You know? And the Lord said to me, what you're seeing is the devil over this city stronger than I am. He really challenged me on that point. And I had to stop and take a look. Was I seeing that devil, that influencing spirit over Canberra bigger than God is? Bigger than what God can do? Because it's so easy when you're in the mix there of Canberra to be able to realise and see the, the amount of, of uh, uh, spiritual, demonic spiritual influence going on in the place. Now, I'm not saying all of the government is, is demonic or that. I'm sure there's one Christian in there. I, I guess, I don't know. But, but I'm saying, what, what do you see God as? Have you not known, have you not heard that God's bigger than what's going on in the world? He's bigger than all the gender stuff. He's bigger than all of the alphabet stuff. He's much bigger than all of that. He's bigger than all of the climate change the governments want to bring in and force us into electric cars. And I don't know about you, but they're too quiet for me. Electric cars are just too quiet. A guy in my church has got one and, and he left my home the other day and I was standing there waiting for him to go and he'd already gone. You know, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the noise to come out. But there is not any noise in them. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? We're talking about the big G God. We're not talking about some little G God. We're talking about the one who one day stood on the edge of earth and declared, light be and light was. The one who created man by the words of his mouth, formed him from the dust of the earth and spoke life into him and declared, be blessed. That God is the one that you and I serve. Not some two-bit little God that just kind of turns up every now and then, but one who lives on the inside of us, one who walks with us, one who wants to talk with us every day, communicating with us. We've been married 46 years. I know when you look at me and go, you must have been a baby. I was just a little over a baby. But we've been married 46 years. And it's been built on me yielding myself to her, of course. Yes. But it's been built on communication. It's been built on, on her talking, me listening. And me learning to say the two most powerful words you can in a marriage. Anyone know them? Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Absolutely. Whatever the question is, the answer is always, yes, dear. But this God, this creator of the ends of the earth, and listen to this, he neither faints nor is weary. He neither faints nor is weary. I got news for you. God is only just about to start. He's just about to start. He's not getting weary. He's not getting tired. He's not about to give up. I had a look this week to see if the throne of God was on eBay because God was about to give up, but it's not on there. He's still sitting on the throne of God. He's still there. It's not on eBay for sale. Like, I'm giving up. It's, it's finished. It's over. But I want to tell you, he's about to get started like never before. There's about to be a move of the Spirit that will shake 
the nations. Will a nation be born in a day? The answer is yes. Yes. We will see whole nations coming to Christ in a day. I have no doubt about it whatsoever. The busiest time in harvest or the busiest time is harvest time. A farmer can plough, he can sow that seed, he can water it, he can watch over it, but his busiest time is harvest time. So if you thought you've been busy in the past, get ready because you're about to be busier than the past because this is harvest time. This is time for you and I to walk in the Spirit, to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside of us and simply saying what every man should say in a marriage, yes, sir. Well, not in a marriage. We shouldn't be saying yes, sir. It should be yes, dear. (laughs) If you're saying yes, sir, in your marriage and you're a man, I'd love to pray for you at the end of this meeting. We'll deal with that. And so busy, busy, busy time. Why? Because God is pouring out His Spirit. He's pouring it out. And Australia, the Southland of the Holy Spirit, is standing right at the forefront, church. Standing right there. For long enough, we'd be going, hey, God, remember us. He remembers us. Because He called us the Southland of the Holy Spirit. And we're about to become that, not just in word, but in truth. In verse 29, he says this, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Power to the weak. I want to say to you today, if you're feeling weak, then it's time for you to start to rejoice because power is coming your way. You've been starting to feel like, wow, I've just... I've just You know, so tired, get ready. There's strength about to come your way. Start to rejoice. Start to give Him glory. Start to give Him honour. Start to magnify Him like never before. If you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, get up and praise Him. I'd lay there for the next hour just looking at the ceiling. Get up and worship Him and magnify Him because there's power that is coming to strengthen you in these days. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in you. I remember way back many years ago when I started doing a lot of work in the Philippines, I predominantly do uh, um, conferences there with pastors and leaders is the predominant thing I do. And I found out something. I found out that most pastors do not really believe these simple three words, Christ in you. Say, hey, how are you going today, pastor? Oh, problem. You know what I mean? Problem. And 99.9 tenths of the time it'll be money they have a problem with. But they forget this wonderful truth, Christ in you. He lives in you. He walks in you. His hands are in you. When you lay hands on the sick, it's not your hands predominantly. It's His hands in your hands. Remember hearing a great story of a man who was in India a number of years ago and, uh, and he, he went and he knocked on this door and this, this man came out and, and he was obviously demon-possessed, this guy. And uh, anyway, this man said to him, Master, sir, he said, I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to cast that thing out of you. And this demon spoke back through him and said, oh, yes, that would be nice. 
Now, most people at that point would turn and run an Olympic-timed mile. They would be freaking out of there. But this guy knew a bit. And he stood there and he said, oh, no, no, not my hands, but the hands of Jesus. That's all he said. And that spirit left that man immediately. Come on, do you realise today who's on the inside of you? Do you realise that Jesus by His Spirit lives in you? Christ, the Anointed One and His anointing in you. He's in you. He's never leaving you nor forsaking you. Even if you say a naughty word, He's not going to go, Oh, I better leave. No, you just need to repent of it and get fixed up. Change your mind. Change your direction in it. So he's saying it's the power of the Holy Spirit in you. He's going to increase your strength. You have no power, but the reality is you have great power. Because in the book of 1 John, it says this, greater is he who is in you. (laughs) Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There's not a problem. There's not a circumstance. There's not anything that comes your way that you don't have the answer for. Why? Because you've got the one who has the answer living on the inside of you. He's in here. And all you've got to do is stop and look inward. Stop and be aware who's on the inside of you. Stop and realise that everything you need, every answer you need to life is already on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit in you. But we have a tendency to forget that. When problems come, we focus on the problem and not on the answer. For the answer is always in you, in the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What about Romans chapter 8 and verse 11? It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and that's what I wrote in my Bible. In my Bible, I've written, yes, he does. So every time I read that, I can see, yes, he does, to remind me. So if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Many years ago, I was meditating on that verse of Scripture. And the Spirit of God said this to me. He said, was there anything that could stop me raising Jesus from the grave? I went, No. He said, was there any demon? No. Was there any person? No. Was there anything that could stop me? And I went, no. And he said, then there's nothing that can stop you because I'm in you to empower you to defeat everything that comes your way. We're not the defeated. We're overcomers. We're not overcome. We're overcomers. We're on the victory side. We're not still on this side of the cross where Jesus was hanging on it. We've stepped through to the other side where he's now sitting on the throne of glory. Where he's now seated in that place of victory, giving you and I the victory that we need to have. He's in us and he's increasing our strength. I know about you. But I'm getting stronger and stronger every day in every way. I, I will be doing more this year than I have done in previous years. 
I will travel more this year than I have done in the, well, apart from COVID, forget COVID. But ever, ever, because I'm getting stronger. I'm not getting older, I'm getting younger. Getting younger. I know some of you looking at me thinking, you know, I wonder what age he is. Well, whatever age you think it is, take 10 years off. The next time I see you, take 12 years off. Because he says, no, Psalm 103, I'll fill your mouth with good words that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Get ready, his increasing strength. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. That's very exciting that even the youth are going to faint and be weary. What's that mean for, for some of us who have got on a little bit in age? If the youth are going to faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall, what chance do we have? Well, we have every chance in the world. I want you to listen to Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Old age is whatever you think old age is. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. No matter what age you are, if you're planted, this is a key right here, planted in the house of the Lord. Not pot planted. What's pot planted? I'll go here this week and I'll go there next week. And, oh, they've got a great speaker there. Well, I'll go over here. No, you're planted. You're planted in the house of the Lord. Pot plants are limited in their growth. Pot plants can only grow as big as the pot they're planted in. They become root bound. After a while, they become quite useless. But plants that are planted in the ground they shall flourish. He keeps using this word flourish in here. He's saying that, that you will still bear fruit in old age. You shall be fresh and flourishing. Listen to what the word flourishing means. It means to be open, to enlarge, to expand, to shoot out as in glory, to thrive to grow luxuriantly, to increase, to be prosperous, to increase in wealth and honour, to grow in grace, to make steady progress. And listen to the last one, to be at a high point in one's life. That's what the word flourish means. And so he's saying, in your older age, you will be fresh and all of those things, I like the last one, to be at a high point in one's life. It's not time to give up, it's time to go on. I don't mind what age you are. How old are you? 28. You look about 18. 
That's all right. That's all right. I won't ask other people how old they are. I get in trouble doing that. But it doesn't matter what age you are. It's time to be fresh and flourishing. It's time to be what God's called you to be. It's time to rise up with the absolute understanding that Him in you is empowering you like never before. The gifts, the anointings are rising up like never before. It's time to flourish. Time to be what God's called you to be. Doesn't matter your age. My goodness me, Caleb was, what, 82. And he came along and he said, hey, give me that mountain. Give me that thing. And he went and he took the mountain. Moses, Moses, what, 100 and something when he died? Some of you theologians could tell me how old he is. Well over 100. Abraham's still having children at 100, God forbid. Moses was. I thought it was. Thank you. 120. Still flourishing. His eyes had not grown dim. Nor were his, his natural forces diminished in any way. What are you believing God for today? Are you just a Sunday to Sunday church attender? Oh, well, I go to the prayer meeting every now and then. I might watch something online every now and then. Now, come on, it's the time to jump in. The water's fine. It's time to just jump in to what God has for you and start to flourish. Start to flourish. It's time to flourish. Say that with me. It's time to flourish. Yeah, it is. It's time to be at a high point in one's life. It's time to be who God's called you to be. Stop being who you want to be. I never wanted to be a preacher. I was in construction, happily going along, swearing horribly and drinking and spitting on the sidewalk and everything else you do. And then God came along and ruined it all. <laughs> Took swearing away from me overnight. Went to bed one night with a foul language, woke up the next day with a clean language. Just took it away. Drinking, just took it away from me. Put the last beer down and said, I'm never doing that again. I've never done it except for once. And that was a glass of communion wine in Slovakia in Europe when I was preaching in a church there. They caught me out. I just never even thought it would be real wine. And that's how many years? 40, nearly 44 years since he did that. Almost murdered a guy. Because he kept telling me Jesus loved me. And I thought, well, I'll show you how much Jesus loves you, man. I was one meter away from him, ready to stab him. And, and God froze me in that position that I could not move. Could not move. I don't know how long I was in that position for till the anger in me just resided. And then he released me from that and I walked away from that man. See, God shows up and spoils our dreams and gives us his dreams. I was a homeboy. I didn't want to travel. This is the one who wanted to travel. 
She wanted to travel, and I'm like, hey, help yourself. But these days, I've been in nations now, probably, I don't know, 100, more than 100 and something odd times. I didn't want to travel. But God, my two most favourite words in the Bible, I think. God. Because God shows up. And he changes. He changes the whole lot. So how do we flourish? I'm glad you asked that question as well. You're good at asking questions. Very proud of you. Well done. Let's come down to the verse of Scripture I wanted to get to. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So he's giving us a key in this verse of Scripture right here that's going to cause us to to run faster, to walk more, and to fly higher than we ever have before in our lives. And let's find out what that key is. So he was saying the young, the young, they're, they're going to fall over. The young are going to be weary and all that sort of stuff. And then he puts this word, this first word in Isaiah 40, 31, the word but. The word but is an amazing verse of Scripture, a uh, verse, uh, word. I get it right in a moment. Word in the Bible. Because what it does is this. I could come up and I could say, you know, you're an amazing young man. You're going to do phenomenal things for God. You're going to be just awesome in the things of God. And by that time, he's starting to feel like, wow. And then I could go, but. (laughs) You know what's just happened? He's now forgetting about what I just said because now he's going to hear truth. Now he's going to hear and refocus. He's going to be drawn now to something new that I would say to him. And so the Lord's saying here, listen, the young people, they're going to be faint and they're going to be weary, all that sort of stuff. But but he's about to give new information that we need to refocus on this new information. And he says this, but those who wait on the Lord. Now, I know some translations say hope. And the word wait, one of the meanings of that is hope. But there's such a more profound meaning to this word wait. And it's not like, like you know, if I was in the Philippines, I'm waiting for a jeepney to come past. It's not that at all. I found out, you know how jeepneys have those thick plastic, clear plastic covers over the seats in the back? I always thought it was to keep them clean, but I found out what it was for. You want to know what it's for? Do you know? He's not sure. I'll tell you what what the plastic covers on the seats of the jeepneys in the Philippines are. So that they want to, they speed up and they jam on the brakes and everyone slides on the plastic and they can fit more people in. It's true. Absolutely true. It's not about cleanliness. It's about more people fitting into them or slide you down a bit further. And so he says this, but those who wait on the Lord. This word wait, when, 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 if you translate it just as hope, it's a bit like, well, I'm a hoping and a praying that God will do something. 
No, no, he says this, that we are a people who are called by faith. We're called to please God with faith. We're called to stand in the gap by faith. We're called to receive everything from God by faith, not by hope. Hope is the blueprint that faith gets built on top of. We, we actually, that, that word hope is an earnest, intense expectation. It's, well, I'm hoping that this will happen. But we need an action word. We need something we can apply and something we can put in practice. So this word wait, one of the profound meanings of it is this, is to entwine or to twist. So let's read it like that. But those who entwine or twist themselves on the Lord shall renew their strength. We were taught this principle many, many years ago. Any of you remember Pastor Clark Taylor? Yeah, some of you would remember Clark. Clark was our mentor for many, many years. And this is one of the verses of Scripture that the Spirit of God trained and taught him on was about waiting on the Lord. And so it says that as we entwine or, or we, we uh, uh, wrap ourselves or we twist ourselves around the Lord. Now, how do you do that? How do you entwine yourself around the Lord? In the theatre of your spirit, you imagine, you dream, you see yourself there with Jesus and you're wrapping your arms around Him. Come up here, beautiful. This is, this is imagine that this is Jesus. And in the realm of the spirit, of your, the theatre of your imagination, you, you're wrapping your arms around Him. He's wrapping his arms around you as well. And, and, and you're entwining around him. Can I just stay here for a while? No. no. Yes. yes, dear. And so you, you in the theater of your spirit, you see yourself there connected with Jesus. See, John 15 and verse 5 says, He's the, he's the vine where the branch. True? Some of you are like, mm, I'm not sure about <laughs> He's the vine and we're the branch. We are so uniquely connected to Jesus. We're in Him and He's in us. In the theatre of your spirit, you see yourself uniquely connected to Jesus. And like a, like a, a, a branch on a tree, the branch is being what the tree is producing for it. Whatever kind of uh, a root system and, and trunk system is what the branch will become. And so if you bring that out from natural into spiritual, as we are connected to Jesus, then whatever's in Him is flowing into us. We're receiving His ability in our lives. And this is a profound thing that if you will take time in your own personal life to just spend time with Jesus and, and in the theater of your spirit, see yourself wrapping around Him and Him wrapping around you. It's like co-joined twins. You know, you, you, might, you might have uh, two babies born, but they're joined together. And sometimes there might be one heart that is keeping both alive. 
and the blood is flowing from one into the other. We have to see ourselves like that with Jesus, that we are so connected to Him that His life is flowing into us. His ability is flowing into us. And this is the key, one of the keys, that you and I need to to get a hold to see this nation be the Southland of the Holy Spirit. That you spend time with Him, wrapping yourself around Him, being so uniquely joined to Him, that, that the love... See, you can only love people effectively with Jesus' love. You can't love people with your love. Our love is so flawed. But the love of Jesus is is not flawed at all. And so as you're there in that place, I often will do this. I'm so, I, I wrap myself around him and I say, Jesus, I exchange my love for your love. I give you my flawed love and I take your love that, Lord, I can love people with your love and not with my love. Because that's what this next line says, that they shall renew their strength. This word renew, that, that word, it means to exchange. So if you can exchange your strength, you can exchange your abilities for His abilities. How many of you like praying for the sick? Yeah, love praying for the sick. But if all you're doing is taking your hands and laying your hands on, on them, then that's not going to accomplish too much at all. But if you exchange your ability to lay hands on the sick for His ability to lay hands on the sick. So in this time with Him, in the theatre of your spirit, you are seeing yourself there and you are waiting on Him. You're entwining yourself around Him. It's a personal, intimate moment that you're there with Him. You say to Him, Lord, I give you my ability to heal the sick and I take your ability to heal the sick. Lord Jesus, I allow your ability to flow out through me in this area. I remember back many years ago before Pastor Clark ever started Christian Outreach Centre, so I'm going back in the mid-70s, he and Anne were in New Zealand, and they were doing a lot of evangelistic stuff in New Zealand. And he said he hated it when deaf people came up. He just couldn't get a handle on on seeing the deaf healed. He just struggled with it. All his other ailments were being healed and so on. Great things happening. But the deaf, it's like if a deaf person came out in the front of the healing line, he'd be just like he wanted to close the healing line down. He just frustrated him. He went and he said, Lord, what is going on here? And he said, you could move accurately in the words of knowledge, but he said, you haven't taken time to wait on the gifts of healings. So he started to wait on it. And he had started to exchange his ability to see the deaf healed for Jesus' ability. And he did it hundreds of times. He spent much time building that in the Spirit, building it and building it and building it. And then all of a sudden he started Deaf ears were opening. Deaf ears just opening on prayer lines. 
They just kept opening all the time because he got to a place where it was no longer his ability, but it was Jesus' ability flowing through him. What are you willing to do to change your ability for the ability of Jesus on the inside of you? It says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, for with God all things are possible. Now we read that this way, for with God, meaning, well, you know, God, nothing's impossible to God. But I want you to think about this, who you with? Who you with? For with God, well, hang on, I'm with God. Understand what I'm saying? We go for with God, meaning, well, God, all things are possible. Yeah, they are. But who you with? Come on, like who who you hang with? Who you with? If a salesman goes into a company, they'll say to him, well, who you with? He could be with, I don't know, Apple or Google or, or whatever company. But who you with? With God, that's me. I'm with God. All things are possible. Yeah, come on. There's such depth of revelation in that. Who you with? With God. I'm with God. Therefore, all things are possible. All things are possible. Who you with? You can exchange your strength for his strength. You can spend time with Jesus in areas that you struggle in. Let's say it's, it's healing. You, you want to pray for the sick, but you struggle with praying for the sick. Because these thoughts and that bombard you, you know, um, are they going to be healed? Will Jesus do that? They're not even questions we need to ask. Because here's the truth. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Years and years and years ago, I saw this. The word pray wasn't even in there. The word pray wasn't even in there. He didn't say pray and lay hands on the sick. He said lay hands on the sick. We've got like 12 or 13, 14 nurses in our church or something, crazy number of nurses in our church. We teach them, we encourage them. When you, because in, in hospitals you're not allowed to, you know, as nurses and that, you can't go up and lay hands on someone. In the name of Jesus, you know, come out. and They won't let you do that. But what you can do is when you go in to check their temperature and that sort of thing, you can grab them by the hand and that. And, and that's all he said to do is lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. That's all you've got to do. All you've got to do is be obedient and then he will do what he said. Just do what he said for us to do and then he will do what he said he will do. So we don't even need to get our, our, our stance right, like our left foot right out in front of our right foot and, and get the right pitch of our voice, in, in, no, it's got to be, in, in the name of, no, he just said lay hands, just lay hands, 
lay hands on someone. He'll do the rest for you. But we put all of our religious connotations on it. Now, there is a time to pray. Don't get me wrong. There is a time to pray. No doubt about it. There's a time to spit in people's eyes too. Or spit on the ground and make mud and then plonk it in their eyes. There's a time for that. Smith Wigglesworth would punch people in the stomach as hard as he could. Glory to God. We're going to have a healing line soon. (laughs) But under the unction of the Spirit of God. He'd pull dead people out of coffins and put them in the corner and command life to come into them. And they'd just slip down on the floor and he'd pick them up and put them in the corner again. See, we read things like that and we hear things like that and we go, wow. But how about the wow moment become your moment? How about the wow moment become your moment now? And rise up because you've got the Christ on the inside of you by his spirit. Are there any believers in here today? Some of you didn't put your hand up. We're going to have an altar call for salvation very soon. Get you saved. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. 28 years old. Man, you've got life ahead of you. Life ahead of you. Hold your hands out like that. Say this with me. My hands are healing hands. And all you've got to do is go and do it now. Go and do it. Lay hands on the sick. See them recover. Preach the gospel. You don't have to convict them. You just have to tell them Jesus loves you. There's a salesman traveling all of the time, staying in a hotel one night. He went down to the lobby for some reason and someone came up to him and said, Sir, do you know Jesus loves you? And he went off his nut. He just went off. Don't you tell me that, blankety, blankety. Went up to his room, sat on the side of his bed. And as he sat there, he thought about those words, Jesus loves you. Three words. What did that person do? They preached the gospel to them. What's the gospel? Jesus loves you. And as he sat there, he started to weep. and started to think, I didn't think anybody ever loved me. How could anybody love me? And he got born again. Gave his life to Christ right there, sitting in that, that uh, hotel room, simply because someone was bold enough to say, Jesus loves you. That's all. I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. Everybody say this, Jesus loves you. No, come on, everybody, play the game now. Jesus loves you. You just preach the gospel. You just preach the gospel right there. But we think it's got to be behind a, a pulpit in a church scene and, and you've got to, you know, exegete the word of God. I don't even know what exegete means, actually. I heard a preacher use it once, you know, to take it and, 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 and expound the word of God and there's a place for that. But every one of us can win someone to Christ. We can take all of our inferiorities. We can take all of those complex issues on the inside of us. And we can wait on Jesus. We can spend time with him in his presence and just tell him, Lord, I exchange my, my inability for your ability, Lord Jesus. And as you do that, 
you'll be amazed at what starts to change in your life. I'm a relatively quiet person, believe it or not. Aren't I? Especially when I'm sleeping. Yeah. I'm a relatively quiet person. But Jesus has done something on the inside of me that you can't shut me up. Pastor Gary said, I've got till at least 2.30, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Hallelujah. So just unbuckle your seatbelts, you know. <laughs> He's not here to say that's true or not, so we'll just repent later for lying. What you build in the spiritual is what you'll have in the natural. What are you seeing in the spirit for this church today? Are you seeing it full? Do you walk in this church in the theater of your spirit, you see this place filled with exciting people, ready to shout amen, ready to worship God, ready to press into the things of God. What are you seeing in this nation? Ah, oh, this nation's going to hell in a handbasket. Change your picture. Change the internal image you've got because you're always living by the pictures you've placed on the inside of you. Always. When we started our church um, uh, years ago, we, um, uh, we couldn't beg, buy, steal or borrow musicians and singers. Could not. Could not get them whatsoever. Even thought about putting an ad in the paper, but then I thought, mm, I don't know what kind of people I'd get with an ad in the paper. So we brought our people into our auditorium. And we started to teach them about what you build in the spirit is what you'll have in the natural. I'd say to them, I want you to build a picture on the inside of you and I want you to see a drummer, a keyboard player. I want you to see guitarists. I want you to see singers and worshipers down the front here. We had nothing. We had an empty platform. Empty platform. Week after week, we would come in and we would build in the spirit. We would confess with our mouth, we have an outstanding worship team. We have a great worship team. God, we've got a great drummer. We've got great keyboard players. Lord, our guitarists are awesome. And there's never any fighting amongst them, and that's miraculous in itself. And you get a worship team where there's no arguing and fighting and, and uh, carrying on amongst them. If they want to do that, they don't last long in our team. But we kept on doing it week after week. And I had people coming and saying, you know, in, in my spirit, I can see that. In my spirit, I can see a music team there, a worshipping team. And I said, great. Now I want you to hear them. Hear them in your spirit. Listen to them in your spirit. And within weeks, people started saying to us, we can hear them. Am I, am I telling the truth or am I just preaching? Telling the truth? Good. And, and, and within a short period of time after that, we had musicians starting to flood into the church. Today, I think we've got four drummers. We've got four or five keyboard players or something, guitarists, worshippers, and they're good. They are good. Yeah, Sally, you and, and Gordon have been to our church when Joe was here. and They're good, aren't they? They're excellent. They're excellent. We build it in the spirit. 
If you don't like what's going on in and around your life, change the picture. Change what you're believing. Change it to what the Word of God says about you. If you're sick in your body, change the picture and see yourself healed. See yourself healed. See yourself whole. If you're struggling in other areas of your life, change the picture. What you build in the spirits, what you'll have in the natural. You start to build it on what God says about you. Not what the world says about you. Not what you even think about yourself. But what He says about you. He thinks you're pretty good. Do you know that? God thinks you're pretty good. You might go, oh yeah, but I've got this wrong with me and that wrong with me. I didn't ask you that. God thinks you're pretty good. God thinks you're pretty wonderful, actually. As a matter of fact, he thinks you're so wonderful, he allowed his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. That's how wonderful he thinks you are. With all of our little idiosyncrasies and all of our little things in our lives, he thinks we're pretty good. I can stand up here on a Sunday and stand in my church and that sort of thing, and everybody thinks, oh, he must be doing pretty good. But don't ask Susan. She may tell you. Truth is, God's in love with you. He doesn't just love you. See, I, I don't just love my wife. I'm in love with her. I, I love you. I can say that. I love you. I got no problem with anyone. I love you, but I'm in love with her. That means I will do more for her than I will do for you because I'm in love with her. God is in love with you. God is head over the heels in love with you. And he's ready to do whatever it takes to bring you into the position that he needs you to be in these days. He needs you. God needs you in these days. Not just Gary and Amanda, they need you too. But God needs you in these days. If he didn't, why not just rapture us, take us on to heaven? Get out of the place. No, no, he needs you. He needs you. Yeah. What you build in the spirits, what you'll have in the natural. Exchange your abilities, your concepts, your ideas, exchange them for his. Exchange your power for his. See yourself that you are vitally connected to Jesus in the realm of the spirit and it's his life flowing through your life, changing you, revolutionizing you to be who he needs you to be in these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. The young man with the beard there, you're looking down at the moment. How long have you been born again? All your life? Good, good. Do you, uh, do you share Christ much with people? Every day? Yeah, because I just see this word evangelism written over your life in the spirit. That's all. And, and just, you just need to keep doing it and get ready because he's about to bring people around your life 
who desperately, desperately need Christ. The only answer for them to, to get through in our life is Christ. And so as you share with them, you don't even need to go thinking, what am I going to say and that sort of thing. Let him fill your mouth. And you'll be a great soul winner. Great soul winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing it, my friend. Absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Wonderful. It's time. It's time to just the good, the bad, the ugly of the past. Nice thing about the past is it's in the past. But you're going to have stories of the future. You know, you can share great things God's done in the past. But those things in the past are going to be nothing compared to the future. And it'll be, it'll be quickly. It'll, it'll happen quickly. There'll be no effort. No effort. You know, the only effort you'll have is just spending time with him and allowing him to put on the inside of you all the things he wants. So thank God for the past. And, and, um, and, and I'm not just hearing this now. I heard this yesterday afternoon when I was praying and looking to God for this meeting, was that the past is the past and the stories of the past, as grand and as great they are, there's going to be such new stories, new stories to write. And Because uh, oftentimes people can share things in the past and people go, oh, I wish I was there, but now they're going to say, wow, I am here. I am here. So just enjoy, enjoy the ride. Enjoy it. Be happy. Don't worry. I'm not going to sing it so you're safe. <laughs> Praise God. I was not behind the door. The door was locked and I was actually in another room when voices were given out. So totally, totally another place. Glory to God. Is that person that, um, that uh, down in your lower back, you injured uh, an area in your lower back a number of years ago and uh, often I just see you putting your hands in your back like this, stretching yourself out, and just getting some relief in that lower back area. Who's that person? You? Come on, quick. Come. Um, I know you've got someone to help you here and that sort of thing. Stand behind you or something? No. Oh, well, have to trust the Holy Ghost. Now here comes Pastor Romel. Very good. Thank you, Lord. You get that too, Sophie? Yeah. Well, I can I just encourage you... Um, when, when I pray for people, uh, I just ask you to do something for me. Don't pray. Let me do the praying, okay? Because if you're praying one thing, I'm praying another thing. We're kind of bashing our heads against the wall. So just stand there and receive, that's all. And as soon as I lay my hands on you, the power of God will flow and, and God will heal you. Simple as that. So just receive. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, I break this thing right now. We let that power of God flow in Jesus' name. Just put your hands right where, where it is in there. Father, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, let every bone, every nerve come into place right now. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Just put your hands where you get that pain in your back. You've had that a long time. In 2007 in Turkey. In Turkey. Glory to God. Well, glad you weren't in Turkey a couple of weeks ago. Devastation. Father, we thank you. 
I'm just going to let the power of God just flow. Father, I thank you. Right now, in Jesus' name, I release that pain. You're under the curse. You have no place. No place in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. G'day, buddy. How you doing? Did you what you do to your back, man? Really? My goodness, man. Wow. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. You do? He's your Lord and Saviour? You can say that confidently. If you, if you walked outside today and fell over, you'd go to heaven. We don't hope you don't fall over when you go outside. But come on, you just put your hands right where that pain goes. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, right now, we thank you. Your complete healing power come. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You might be saying, I thought you said before you didn't have to pray when you laid hands on. I didn't say that's the only way. Not at all. Hello. How you going, young lady? Pretty sore, are you? Where are you sore? Turn this thing around, you sit down on it. Let me pray for you like that, hey? You just sit down on that thing there. Come on, church, let's believe God for just an overhaul. Glory to God. COVID, you're a name and we rebuke you. All of the after effects of COVID, we bind you, we break your power. And we declare the name of Jesus over you right now. Every lasting effect of COVID get out of her body in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you right now. Her shoulder, be healed. Back, be healed. Every other, all your blood, I speak to your blood. I command your blood right now to be healed whole and well. Every marker of your blood is coming into normality right now. And I declare that in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Come out here, dude. What's your name? Lucas. Lucas? You know... A lot of people don't understand the gift and the calling of an evangelist. It's not just to preach the gospel, but it's to move in signs, wonders and miracles as well. So if you study the word out, you see that very, very clearly. But a lot of people just go, it's preaching the gospel. But it's not. It's been able to pray, it's been able to minister in signs, wonders and miracles. And so we're going to release that over you today in Jesus' name. I want you to stick your hands out like this, open them up, turn them over. And in the name of Jesus, I release that healing miracle power through him right now. Let it flow through him right now. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. I release it over him right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's that person down in your, uh, in your foot. You get, uh, you get really sharp pains in your foot. 
and I see you kind of flexing your foot to try and get rid of that pain in your foot. Who's that one? Right in your foot. Come on, you know it's you. You don't have to take it home. Not at all. You get that? Come on out. Is it from kicking Gordon all the time? Foot operation. Which one is it? Both? Yeah. Has it? Whoa. Well, Father, we thank you right now. God, we're asking you for just the miracle of God. In the name of Jesus. Pain, get out now. Healing flow. And we declare that in the name of Jesus. No more pain. Pain free in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. It's time to do more than ever before. All of the word that God has put on the inside of you is about to start to draw out of you. That you'll come across people and the word in you will start to come out of you and speak to the very issue and the very things going on in their lives and their lives will never be the same again. As you yield to Him and allow Him to bring out the mountains, the mountains of Word that is on the inside of you. Father, we draw it out. We release it out of her right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. I'm just aware of a healing anointing here this morning. If you uh, have some kind of pain, sickness in your body, why don't you just come? Come and come on, let's join together. Leave God together. Up in your shoulder. Dislocation. Really? Wow. Removalist. Well, it might have happened in 2000 and what, 17, 18? How about 223? It gets here. Loosen now. In Jesus' name. Strength into this shoulder. Strength right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you. What you need? Grace. Well, He's given you grace. All you've got to do is receive it. That's all. You don't even have to pray for it. you just got to take it. So say this, I take grace. Yeah. In Jesus' name, Father, let a fresh anointing flow over her right now. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you, right Lord, just let healing power flow over her right now. Let your healing power flow. Healing power to flow right now. Lord, let healing power flow right now. Jesus. Simon, good to see you, man. What do you need? Yeah. Father, restore every cell right now. 
know it says in in Proverbs 10 verse 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed. So I call your memory blessed. I call your mind blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, just let the power of healing just flow through him right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Lord, let healing power flow in him right now. In Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hello, beautiful. How you doing? Good. Good. Well, we're just going to release our faith in Jesus. We're going to touch you. Amen. Right through your body. Every part of it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you right now. We just let the healing power of God flow. In the name of Jesus. Command every organ, every cell, and every tissue of this body to be healed whole and well and to function in the perfection of which you created her. I rebuke old age. You've got no place in this woman in the name of Jesus. I speak life to your body today. Life in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Come on, just worship him. Just sing it again. Come on. Go church, just worship him. Thank you. 